come home. You don't expect me to believe there's a whole organization going about killing people and, and chopping off their fingers. That's possible, quite possible. Hello one and all to another episode of Deep Lore. Today we're going to be discussing dead microbiologists, more specifically the series of 11 deaths that happened between the months of November in 2001 and March in 2002. Now of course, microbiologists die all the time, the only common factor is the field that they're in. However, these ones all died on particularly suspicious circumstances and they were all connected in some way to bioterror and germ warfare. Now, that's how the conspiracy goes, and there's one outlier to that statement, and that's the first person to die. The first one was Benito K, and he was not a microbiologist, he was a researcher in a lab where he tested various agents uh, as potential cancer drugs. He's never worked with any infectious disease or biochemical weapons. However, this was the first death that was suspicious enough to kick off what people linked to a long line of deaths. So on the afternoon of Monday 19th, Mr. K attended a lab meeting, and as it ended, he said he wasn't feeling too well. A nurse took his blood pressure, which was 190 over 110. She said, I wanted to admit him, but K insisted on going home. He was found later that night unconscious, resting against where he parks his car typically, both his car and wallet gone, but his briefcase still present. He spent about a week in hospital, in a coma, before dying without ever regaining consciousness during that time. Due to both the wallet and the car missing, the car of which was found abandoned a few miles from the scene, the police deemed that it was highly likely to be as a result from a mugging. However, CT scans showed no signs of any fractures in the bones, and there was no scrapes or bruises or other signs of assault. A brain scan, however, showed sure signs typically associated with a stroke. This would also link on that the nurse took high blood pressure readings earlier on in the day. It was concluded that he did get mugged, however during the mugging, before any hands were actually laid on him, he ended up having a stroke and then they just took what they could and ran. This would typically be a coincidence and an isolated incident. However, four days before the attack on Kay, Don C. Wiley, a microbiologist who worked with anthrax and smallpox, did not return home after an annual meeting at his workplace. Instead, his car was found on the Hernando de Soto Bridge, which spans the Mississippi River. The keys were in the ignition, and the gas tank was full. There was also a scrape of yellow paint on the driver's side, almost coming from a construction sign on the bridge, with a right hubcap missing on the passenger side. As there was no sign of Don Wiley, they went down to the Mississippi River and tried to find a body. At the start of the investigation, they believed it would be suicide. However, going over documents and where he stands with his family and friends, there was no sign to indicate that it could be suicide. Shortly after, they discovered that Wiley had a seizure disorder that he only told family and close friends. He had a few episodes a year. Eventually, his body was found on December 20th, 300 miles south of where he disappeared. The police concluded that it was highly likely that he had a seizure while inspecting the damage of the car, causing him to fall over the railing, as he was 6'3", and the bridge railing would have only come to his mid-thigh. What made this death more suspicious is that the week that Wiley disappeared was the same week that the anthrax fear happened in America, where tainted letters appeared over the month before to the Senate and the House of Representatives. The conspiracy public did not believe that this was a correct cause of death, 
and therefore the coroner, who was called O.C. Smith, got a lot of controversy regarding it. A little strange addition to that, in late 2002, the coroner O.C. Smith that worked on Wiley's body was a victim of a strange attack where he was ambushed in his place of work, wrapped with barbed wire, and left laying in a stairwell of the building with a live bomb strapped to his chest. So use that information in any way you see fit. The third microbiologist to die in suspicious circumstances was Vladimir Pushchesnik. He used to work in bioweapons in the Soviet Union. He then defected in 1989 to uh, the United Kingdom and revealed what the Soviet's work was with anthrax and the plague. In the few weeks before he died, it was reported that he was talking to authorities about the growing anthrax scare. It was then reported that he died from a stroke and there was no suspicious circumstances. This was six days after Don C. Wiley went missing and ten days after Benito K. was found lying on the floor after this alleged mugging. December 10th, about 20 days after Vladimir died and 10 days before Don C. Wiley's body was found, Robert M. Schwartz, who was an expert in DNA engineering, was found dead in his Virginia home. It was clear that a sword of about two feet long made multiple puncture wounds into his chest before then carving an X in the back of his neck. His daughter and her friends were then arrested and it was believed that they did it as part of a satanic ritual. The fifth death happened on the same day as Schwartz, and it was Set Van Gwen. He was found dead in an airlock storage chamber in an Australian lab. Nitrogen slowly filled the room, and he suffocated. It was deemed that this was due to a problem with the equipment and various failures. He worked in a lab that dealt with microbes like mousepox, which is similar to smallpox. The sixth death comes in the new year, which is February 9th, 2002. Viktor Korshinov had his head bashed in near his home in Moscow. Five days later, the seventh death occurs. Ian Langford, a British expert in environmental risk and disease. He was found dead in his home in Norwich, England. He was naked from the waist down and he was wedged under a chair. Fourteen days after that, February the 28th, is the eighth and ninth death in a freak occurrence. Tanya Holzmeier, who was a microbiologist, opened up the door to receive a pizza delivery. Another microbiologist colleague who knew her directly, called Guang Huang, shot her as she took the delivery of the pizza. She then turned the gun on herself and committed suicide. A little less than a month later, on March 24th, the 10th microbiologist, David Wynne Williams, died in a road accident while he was jogging outside his house in Cambridge. He studied microbiology in the Antarctic. The final death occurs the next day after David's. Stephen Mosto was an expert in treating influenza and also a noted expert in bioterrorism. He died when a plane that he was piloting crashed near Denver. So the majority of these deaths did occur as a suspicious circumstance, and the ones that weren't necessarily entirely suspicious, such as a stroke, then comes out in a suspicious circumstance. For example, Vladimir Pazchek, who it was said died as a stroke, the pathologist that covered his autopsy happened to be associated with the British spy agency. That alongside the fact that Dr. Pazchek actually played a huge role in figuring out how to modify cruise missiles to deliver the agents of mass biological destruction. Now, 
do any of these deaths constitute more than a coincidence? Do they form into a conspiracy? This is a very subjective part of conspiracy theories. At what point does a series of deaths that have somewhat details in common start to become a serial-like occurrence? Ruma Fork, a professor in psychology, speaks about this a lot and says that humans obviously are naturally inclined to find patterns where there might not be any. And this is obvious, I'm sure everyone watching this video knows that, knows that humans like to have some sort of, like, content in knowing that patterns exist in the world. When does a coincidence or a pattern become a conspiracy? Uh, I would argue that that's down to the person that's perceiving it. This certainly could be a conspiracy. In the same way, it could certainly be a pattern. All I know is it's definitely something to think about. It's a strange set of occurrences, and they're all very tightly related within the five or so months. Thank you very much for watching. I hope you've learned something today. If you liked it, leave a like, and if you want, subscribe. I'd greatly appreciate it. We're going to work our way down the conspiracy iceberg and try and find some interesting conspiracies. And I'd love for you to come along with me.